In a world where trust is shattered and darkness looms, one man's journey from betrayal to redemption will captivate your heart. Absolutely. Even if Absolutely. you don't take them. If you have a relative that is a Christian, yes. allow them to take the kids. I like that. Because yeah. it's like, you, you may not want Jesus, but... Thrown into a detention center, he grappled with the harsh reality of being imprisoned mentally and physically. At that moment, I told myself, I'm not going behind bars no more. Betrayed and deceived by the one he trusted most. So now we're about to enter into this part of your life where you're cheated on. It was rough for me. Bought teddy bears for her, flowers. And my heart just got squeezed and beat upon and crushed and stuck. In the depths of his despair, he questioned God's plan. I said, I said, you don't know what just happened to me, Meg. But amidst the darkness, a glimmer of hope emerged. He found solace in the teachings of a higher power. And in that moment, he discovered a new purpose. Out with the old. In with the new. In with the new. The Holy Spirit came inside of me. From being lost to salvation, this is the story of Nick. Coming soon, this summer on July 1st on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Welcome to the Call by God podcast with Adney Godin and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we'll bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, world, to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Nixon Sylvain, and I'm here with Adney Godin. I am feeling blessed. I'm feeling good. I'm thinking, God, Adney, I don't know about you. How are you doing on this blessed, blessed day? Good morning, Brother Nick. I am elated. I am excited. I am so happy. Um, God has blessed me with another year of life. I had an opportunity to just go on a retreat and just be in his presence. So, yes, I am ready to take on the world. How are you doing? I am blessed, Adney. Um, you know, I, I can't complain, Adney. God has been good to me. Um, we're like one year almost. Well, yeah, we're one year in um, in the pandemic. Um, so God has been good. But yeah, I, I heard you mention uh, the retreat and every now and then you got to you got to get away. You just been on. You just been doing your thing from Call by God and all the other platforms you've been on. And you did a phenomenal job on on the Walking Out Your Purpose podcast with Alicia Smith. Um, so world, if y'all haven't checked it out, it's episode 29. She did a phenomenal job. And, and that, and that, and that ties in to what we talk about, uh, purpose. So yeah, you, you had a powerful testimony. As always, transparency. That's your word. Transparency. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so world, just go ahead and check out walking out your purpose, uh, podcast with Alicia Smith. You can hear our dear co-host, Adney Coden, episode 29. But Adney, you know, again, I don't. I don't feel like I do this enough, and, and I, I try to get in the habit of uh, thanking our our listeners, those that support us and listen to this podcast, the ones that subscribe and doing that share, and also leave reviews. So we want to take the opportunity right now to uh, read a review. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to have you do it, Ed. All right. This one says reality related. 
Call by God podcast broadcast is meaningful because I can relate to defining events discussed by real people with real life matters that God will judge when the trumpet sounds very encouraging. It was short, sweet to the point, but it's just the, the word saying reality related. A lot of times we don't realize how impactful being related to people a, a podcast must be like people have to be able to feel what you're saying like what's what's going on so I, I was really I'm happy to read this one amen yeah that's a good one so whoever left that review we just want to thank you and and for those that are new to our show um we, again we want to thank you just simply just go on our website we have a website so Adam, you want to say the website our website is dot called by God podcast.com. Okay. So I, I, I mentioned that because if they go back and listen to Alicia Smith walking out of your purpose podcast, they go here. Call. <laughs> so, so, so that's going to make sense to them. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you out there like that, but you know, it's, it's all in love. It's all in love, but you know, let's go ahead and dive into our, our, our guests. We do have a special guest on today and I'm looking forward to hearing his God-given story, how God has called him from darkness into um, his marvelous light. So we're just going to just re- dive right into it, Adney. I, I, don't, I don't think we should wait any longer. We've been waiting for this moment. So without further ado, I now introduce you Brother Ray Gosa, or should I say Brother Raymond Gosa. How you doing, my brother? Man, I'm doing blessed, uh, Brother Nick, Sister Adney. I'm, I'm excited. This is really about to happen. So <laughs> thank you for having me on. Amen. Amen. So, Ray, before we get into your story, share with our listeners what you're about. Uh, Raymond Gosa, I'm a, a resident of Palm Beach County, uh, first responder, firefighter paramedic uh, for Palm Beach County Fire Rescue. And, uh, you know, I have a, a beautiful family, a uh, beautiful wife and uh, three lovely kids who uh, keep my my hands and my schedule full. And, and plus, you know, you know, that that calling of God is definitely been present in my life. And, you know, I, I can't wait to share just a little bit about my story. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Ray, man, for sharing that. So we're just going to go ahead and dive right into your story, Ray. Go. So we believe that everybody has a calling uh, with God. And then, you know, God, God has given every man a story, especially those that's in the body of Christ. When he called them, God called them for a specific task and a purpose. And we like individuals like yourself to go way back. And we want you to share that moment when God first called you. But before you share that moment, we want you to take us back to before you got saved. We want to hear the things that you experienced along the way and what propelled you to give your life to Christ. So we want you to get go into the, the Bill and Ted phone booth or the Back to the Future fancy car. We want you to go back to the future. Uh, but you don't have to stay there too long. We just want to. We're just going to sit back and and listen to your uh, God given story. All right. Well, I was always raised in, in the church, uh, family. You know, grandparents. You know, they they were always in the church, so I always had that that filter and that background of of church. Uh, now that's a whole different paradigm for when you know when I was saved. Because yes, I did get baptized. Uh, did I get saved? I'm not sure. I mean, maybe at that time, but you know, the, the meanings start to uh, transform as you get older. And that's not to suggest to anyone that if they were 
baptized at a young age? Do they need to be rebaptized? That, that's that's not that's not what I'm saying. For me, it took on a different meaning. It took on a different perspective. It took on a different type of uh, walk. And you know, I, I feel like sometimes we put a template on other people's faith, and if it doesn't match a specific template, then it is null and void. Um, my paradigm got shifted when somebody told me that, you know, there's a difference between following the Bible and following doctrine. Now, I don't want to get too too heavy into that specific area, but for me, it became, it became, wait, wait a minute, was I following doctrine or was I following Bible? Because you can, you can literally fillet the whole book into several thousands, literally thousands of different doctrines. But for those that are um, looking to be called, uh, understand that there's a difference between listening to the Bible and then listening to doctrine. But as for Ray Jr., he was brought up in indoctrination. Not saying that those that are still in that category, in that niche, are hell bound and all that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying for Ray Jr., that his walk, his purpose was actually found in saying, you know what, let me take, let me take the, you know, the walls off this thing. And let me take a step back and, and listen to all of what the Bible says, not just the parts that, that, you know, like to be highlighted and preached because every word is, is inspired. So, you know, for, for me, young age didn't really have a period of time where I was not in the church but there was definitely a, a period of time where I wasn't of the church. Um, not to say that you can look up a criminal uh, background and find my mugshot. Hopefully you can't because I don't think it's there, but if it is, it's, it's a Snapchat filter or something like that. But anyway, but, but as a young man, um, I found my purpose in, in areas that, that I really felt that were speaking to me specifically and, that's what I want people to kind of listen for. So I, I guess, so were you brought up in a Christian home per se? And, and so that's one thing. And I want to know how old were you? So when you say that you were young, brought up in the church, I want to, I want some age. I want age. And I want to know if you was brought up in the church and also what was being taught in the home. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So ages, I could say first time being, being baptized, I was nine years old. Nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, second time I was 21, nothing wrong with that either. You know, it wasn't that between nine and 21 that I had stopped coming to church. No, I just, again, I had a, a different understanding, a better understanding. And then now into my mid thirties, um, you know, there's a constant baptism that happens, you know, there's a constant death, burial and resurrection, but my upbringing, both parents were, were in, uh, were in the church, um, primarily both sets of grandparents when they were still walking this earth, we were still in the church. So, you know, I didn't have a lot of what, you know, people experience in terms of, oh, my, my father, my mother, my auntie, and then there was my one grandmother who brought me. No, it was, we went to church. We've always had Sunday school. We's always, when we've always had church clothes in our closet. Amen. Amen. So I, I like that. So I like how you say you, you, you know, baptized at, at nine. It's just, you said you, you know, you're not pointing at everybody else. You got baptized at nine. You got baptized when you were 21. So I, I think this is important. So 
even though you was brought up in a home, you know, you got both Christian parents. I think this is important for people that's, you know, brought up in the church. You know, uh, like my son, he's he's going to have a life like Ray, right? So I want to know what what was some of the the pros and cons or some of the things that you dealt with. Solomon says, with the increase of wisdom, you have, you have the increase of the knowledge of sin. And coming up in, in, in the church, you've always felt differently about what people consider normal. You, you had a different outlook on smoking, drinking, sex, you know, um, outside of marriage, uh, sex in, in, in general, violence, uh, influences and stuff like that. So, so me as a child, I, I mean, I personally stay within um, certain boundaries because you always had that voice, whether it was uh, the, the minister's voice in the back of your head or your parents' voice in the back of your head. Or if you were in your Bible, like you did read passages about, you know, uh, you know, hellfire and brimstone and, and missing out on heaven. Does that mean I did everything right? Absolutely not. If anything, I had more of an awareness of how wrong I really was uh, in terms of like, OK, you really going to take a sip of that? Like, you you really going to take a hit of that? You know, uh, you know, you know what this, you know, other people, they didn't have that that guilt factor like I did. They didn't have to repent later or they didn't have to make sure uh, you make sure you was in church in the, in the front row with, with the pen and pad out. So so growing up. I, I, I do believe that the Ray being raised in the church, it kept me from going too far. But understand, even when you read your Bible, the 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 patriarchs and the, and the matriarchs and, and our, our first brothers and sisters, if you really like I was talking to my wife about this earlier, I'm like, pick one family in that Bible that had it all together. Not one. Not, not Moses, Darnshaw, not Adam and Eve, uh, you know, not Noah. I mean, even Jesus, he went to his own church to flip over tables. So when so when you look at that and you say, OK, well, was it positive or negative? I'm like, listen, I think it was more um, it was polarized even more to say, hey, you know, you're really going to you really going to deal with other things that most people deal with. All they deal with this is a hangover. You're dealing with a hangover and a spiritual guilt. You're dealing with that and a, a conscious that that you feel like, OK, I don't even want to pray right now because, you know, you, you you messed up. And and you know that before you say, dear God, thank you for anything. It's like, ah, listen, I'll, I mean, he don't want to hear from me right now. So now it made the, the gravity of sin multiply even more. So I, I want I want I want people to, to understand that that even as a young age, especially now, because like, like the kids are being taught some dangerous things in school and they're being normalized to certain things uh, that that we would just call a straight abomination. But it's literally normal. But that did, that doesn't change how God feels about it and what he wrote down about it. So now even more for the Christian now in the year of uh, 2021, uh, you're going to be faced with a different psychological outlook on your relationship with God. So, Brother Ray, um, you said something so profound in the beginning. You said that um, 
you were talking about indoctrination and reading the Bible. I want you to elaborate on that. When did your awareness come to, um, you know what, this is indoctrination. This is what the word says. And I'm going to follow what the word says, because a lot of times we are stuck on what the preacher says. And that's what my preacher says. And that's this, that. And you went to a different level and say, no, I'm going to follow what the Bible says. Share that with our listeners, please. Okay, well, di- uh, disclaimer: um, some of the things I might say might might upset some some people in the audience, but it's only because I love y'all, you know. So, uh, so uh, understand that that there are levels to this thing, and when I say levels, I don't mean hierarchy, as in one is better than the other, but one does transcend uh, the other. Um, I have found that the with the indoctrination of some bodies of, of religion, they say they can't seem to break out of a certain mold and they seem to produce the same type of person that does the same type of things. Like I'm, I'm baffled and I won't put names out there, but I'm baffled that some uh, religious industries can have campuses. Uh, they can have multiple hospitals. You got St. Mary, St. Joseph, St. Jude, Good Samaritan, uh, Bethesda East, Bethesda, et cetera, all around the world. But then some bodies don't even have a walking clinic. And I, and I, I, I try to look at the fruit of that and say, well, let's, let's, let's analyze, let's analyze the tree. And I found that there is a limiting factor in some religious bodies. And, but then there is an, an expansive factor in others. And I'm like, well, how do you get two different, uh, vastly different products, but with the same book, what did you see in your book that I'm overlooking in mine? Well, the indoctrination wants to wants to keep you wrapped in a certain mindset that that is, hey, look, this we have perfected this thing. Uh, meanwhile, one is like, no, no, we are striving. So one is in a, a mode of stasis and one is in a mode of progression. We have uh, produced uh, a certain type of person, a certain type of Christian that I believe, hey, I can't say, you know, you're not going to heaven. I mean, I, I, hope, I hope to see you there, but I believe there's going to be a lot more people than you think. You know, it's not going to be just a, just a, just the, the the one group of fifty of y'all that, that that's in this little building, uh, but but the certain type of person that comes from this indoctrinated mindset they they seem to they they don't really seem to thrive in life uh, because they they seem that they are constantly under attack and they constantly need to confirm that hey what I believe is true, but now when you put the scripture you put their feet to the fire and say well what about this well. Say, so, well, wait a minute, Jack. Every word of, of the Bible is true. Every word is inspired. If you don't like what Paul said, hey, take it up with Paul when you see him. If you don't like what Jesus said, hey, take it up with Jesus when you see him. I didn't write it. He wrote it. So when I show you from, from, from your Bible, you know, the difference between the indoctrinated mindset of Oh, we're not allowed to, to do this and we're not allowed, I mean, I mean, to do that. Like, please, from our Bibles, because everybody wants to talk about the church, but no one has a Bible open. Everyone wants to say that they're a Christian, but understand the Bible determines who's a Christian, not the individual. And and I wish that that would that would resonate with people before before they say, I'm a Christian and you know, I live an alternative lifestyle. I'm a Christian and I do this. Or, I, I mean, I saw a meme years ago when I was on social media. I'm not on social media, but they, they showed, someone showed, showed a picture. It was, and I'm sorry, I know adult audience, I, I don't know, but uh, it was a 
Stripper Prayer Circle. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. I wish people could see my face. Wait, wait, wait. So y'all got into a circle before y'all went out and did y'all thing and prayed? See, indoctrination, can, can, can you can put that template on any part of your life and say, oh, I'm this and still that. What, what God has showed me, it's like, no, no, there is no, there is no you and. It is, it is me and you and that's it. And your walk with me is going to be different, but at the same time, consistent with what I say a walk with God should be. I love that. I love that because sometimes we us members of the body, we, you know, when I first came in, <laughs> all I heard was, if you're not a member of this and you know, you're going to, so I'm um, learning for myself. It was like, oh snap. Okay, Lord, what, what are you, what do you really want me to understand? So I want you to go on. I'm going to this question. Ray Gosa, what has transcended in you? Like what is God doing in you? Through his word, because I, I said this to a brother before the, the word of God, they're the keys to unlocking our spirit to him, to us getting onto that plateau with him because we are spirit. So share with our listeners, how have you transcended from indoctrination to really, truly sitting at the feet of Jesus? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I know, I know we have listeners, but if there were, if there were viewers, you would see me, my, my eyes are closed because I'm, you know, I'm, because, you know, I'm going there. So, you know, Jesus is 100% the hero that everyone needs. And until you see him as that, he, he, he will only be someone who that resides between the covers of the pages. And that's someone that that is active in your life like he he becomes the role model so when you look at the word role model that means you're you're not waiting on him to to come in no 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 you are acting his part in that scenario so when you want to talk about a transcendence it, it was like let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. You are the Christ-like figure in this scenario. So therefore, when you walk into your office, now that scripture has legs attached to it. 
when, when you had that conversation with your rebellious teenager, now love has it has legs attached to it. So when you look at when you look at Jesus in, in terms of not just being a historical figure, but he is a active part of someone's life, then you become the Jesus of that scenario. You're the one who's going to upset people with the truth. You're going to be the one uh, that, that's going to have to sit next to people who consider who are considered sinners and that people question you. You're going to have to be the one that has to uh, break open the old wineskin of indoctrination. Because you cannot you cannot say that, that, that you are that you are even Christ like, but still in, in a state of of stubbornness, really. And when you if Jesus were to walk this earth today, would you even recognize him? Because he would do some things that that you would say was pretty unorthodox. You might have to show him how church works. You might have to show him where to sit. You might have to tell him what, what, to, what to put on and who to talk to. And but that is not who Jesus is or was or will ever be. We have put that on him and we have reduced him down to something that we can just say in one sentence who he is. So when you want to talk about a transcendence, the, the Bible and, and Jesus really one, one and the same. Uh, this is <laughs> a little, little cute little nursery rhyme. The Bible, uh, basic instructions before leaving earth. You have to use it out there because. That's the rule book for how this whole life works. I have tried in so many years to do things my way based on results from other people who weren't doing it God's way. So when I, when I consider that, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm doing it wrong. But it, it worked for them. Did it? Did it work for them? Just because they got a check? Just because they got they found love or they got a house or it, it seems to to me to that they're thriving are they really is it really working what they're doing i beg to differ because i can do the same exact thing and get different results so it's, it's not an exact science but until i became older and more mature in my walk did i realize you know what you wasted a lot of time trying to figure it out it is not for you to figure it out. It's for you to be obedient to what he said and allow him to, um, you know, have those results manifested in your life. There's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with having goals and aspirations. But when you leave God out of the equation, you are now determining your own level of frustration. Really, your, your investment into what you think a thing should go is going to be is going to be predicated on on how you are taking things when it goes wrong but if it was according to God nothing went wrong even the bad things went according to plan amen amen that's that's well said uh brother ray but it's something you said that that stuck out to me and, and I'm going to go back I'm I'm sorry for going backwards but um when you mentioned that you were baptized at nine, because I don't want 
unbelievers to I really want you to walk us through your your story and that whole process. Cause I know you was brought up in the church and you got baptized at nine, but I'm thinking about the unbeliever. The unbeliever may say, Hold up, why this dude got baptized at nine? And here at the age of 21, he's getting baptized again. So I want you to walk us through what happened along the way from nine to 21. What happened with that? What what happened to the point where it moved you to get baptized a second time? You know, um, yeah, you're going to, have to keep a, the, the the proverbial leash on me on this one. So at, at nine years old, you know, you have the understanding of a nine year old. You know, you have the awareness of sin. You have the awareness of heaven and hell. You have the awareness of choice. And at the age of nine, I made the best decision that I could at nine. And there was nothing wrong with that. If I if it had been left at that, that still would have been that still would have been you know sufficient. Because to say that it was null and void would say, well, I guess you need to get baptized every month, you know, depending if your understanding increases, right? I mean, you know, but then we don't do that. So at nine, I felt like you know what? Not only was there some peer pressure because you see people, you know, of your own age group, you know, they get baptized and people are happy for them. And what do we want? We want the applause of men. And, you know, but it's like you're not sure. But you're like, you know, what? hell is hot. You know, we're living in Florida. If it's like like 89 degrees, we're like, you know, what? I'm out. You know, if you you know, if you leave your car in the parking lot too long, you get in, you can't wait to turn on the AC. It's like can you imagine hell. No, it's like go, go get baptized. So. All right. So nine years old. And then, and then around 21, I met a, another very prolific uh, minister who really broke down another aspect of it, of, of, of repentance. And that godly sorrow is the beginning of, of, of repentance and being sorry to God, not, not being sorry to yourself and not feeling like, oh, I feel bad. Let me go get back. Well, that, well no, that's not why you get baptized. Yeah, you, you offended God and, and you're sorry about that. And now you want to live for now you want to live for Christ more than you want to live for yourself. So at 21, I made I made the decision to say, you know what? I really didn't understand that, you know, that here, believe, repent part, you know, confess, be baptized. Repentance was like, all right, my bad. That's really what it was, you know, but now it's like, no, no, no. Repentance is a, is a redirection. It, it is going is you're making an, an about face because you're always walking in one direction or the other. And when it comes to, let's say, being called by God. I mean, we, we mentioned this the, the, the other day. Um, Satan calls you too. So for those that aren't sure if there if there's a calling by God, well, just take a step back and listen. Are you not being called by Satan? You may call it an, an inclination. You may call it an entanglement. <laughs> you know, you may call it, uh, you know, a, a strange interest, but you're constantly be, being called by one or the other. And we're so good at, at identifying when we're being called by Satan, whether it's called by an industry, where it's being called by the streets, where it's being angered. We seem to always answer that call without a doubt. But <laughs> when God has a calling, we tend to, as I've said before, is we tend to put God you know, on hold or we send him the voicemail. We put the Bible back on the shelf and we say, you know what, I'm going to get to that later. Or, 
you know what, I'm gonna wait till I, I get a little bit older. You know, right now I'm having fun right now. And, you know, I mean, I, I was already baptized. So I kind of, I'm hedging my bets, you know, if you will, you know, like, I think I'm still good. You know, it seems like everyone, you know, who dies, you know, I mean, gets the, gets the big picture on the t-shirt saying rest in peace. I mean, like, listen, listen, that everyone who dies goes, I mean, goes to heaven, first of all. But we like to think that because it's comfortable for us. So at 21, I was realizing that, listen, if you're comfortable in your Christianity, you really have to take a look at yourself because the cross is heavy. And, and it'll, it'll even get to, get, get to the point where uh, you would have to, uh, let's see, um, uh, they persuaded Simon to carry the cross. So just when you think you've got your cross handled, you may be assigned to help someone carry theirs. And you may think that bearing someone else's burden, not that you don't have your other problems, was bad enough. But once you put your big boy pants on, your big girl pants on, you're going to realize, listen, it's not heavy. They're my brother. It's not heavy. They're my sister. It's not heavy. It's my wife. It's not heavy. It's my son. So that that's that was the turning point for me when I realized, like, you're so selfish on a cross, the biggest oxymoron in the universe. The cross was meant for sacrifice and for you to gladly bear it and at the same time still say, Father, forgive them. You can't be of this world because it's not going to make sense. The average person will say, why would you turn the other cheek? Why would you Give the coat off your back after you found him stealing it. It takes it takes a level beyond human reason to do things like that. To have to have your, your daughter, you know, tell you how much well tell you how she feels about you while you're rolling up to Wendy saying, "What do you want to eat?" You over here chewing on some fries. And spitting out words to me. Listen, only God can do that. Because <laughs> I'll be darn sure I'll unlock this door and have you tuck and roll real quick. But no, I'm, I'm your father. I feed you. That's what I do. I look for you. That's what I do. If it's your spouse, I love you. That's what I do. It doesn't mean you're going to like it. I mean, Peter, Peter didn't say husband's. Love, love your wife, quote, unless she's tripping. You know, he didn't say that. Love her when she's yelling. Love her when she's crying. Lo love her when love her when she thinks it's your fault. That's what you do and vice versa. To take this in an, another, and y'all, you may have to, you know, whatever, kind of reel me in, but to take it to one more step is once you realize that you have to be strong for other people, now your your walk with God becomes more uh, more uh, verified in terms of what is going to deter you from walking away and not answering the call of God. Because if it was about you, you wouldn't need to go to church. For people listening, if this was about you, you wouldn't be on this podcast. 
because you would have had it figured out. But but life has shown me and life it shows shows you just how flawed your plans are. So when you talk about being called by God, it may it may be it may not be the path of least resistance, but the path of maximum reward. Let me pause. Man, Ray, that that was good, man. That was good. You could have kept going, <laughs> but that that was good. You shared. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm trying to be I'm trying to be true. No, to no, schedule. it's 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 all right. You you did a a phenomenal job. And what I what I respect about you and what I like about your story is that you you was brought up in the church, and oftentimes people think that you need to be brought up in a hood and you need to go through drugs and guns and violence and prostitution and all of that stuff. And and what I always tell people, Ray, I said, look, you know. You don't have to go through those things. Jesus came because every soul needs a savior. Because a person may say, hey, you know, I, I live this good life. Um, I never was brought up in the hood. And yeah, but you you still lost. You still need Jesus. <laughs> so, so, wait, right. So now that I came to the understanding of how, you know, God had called you in, and I would say 21, um, maybe you could correct me on this. What would you tell your younger self? You know what? I mean, there, there's some basic elementary things like, like, listen, it sounds cliche, but it's true because what's easy to do is also easy not to do. <sighs> Stay in your word, because really it's it's a mindset. If I mean, the Bible's not going to tell you how to do everything. It's not going to tell you whether you should clip your nails, you know, every Wednesday or whatever. It's not going to tell you that. So when it says, well, well, how do I walk this out? It's like, listen, it's a mindset. And if you have a godly mindset, hey, listen, it's not sky's the limit because there's other levels of heaven that I mean to get to. So just when you thought that you would define success at this amount, at this stage, understand that God has so much more for you that, listen, I think the scripture says, think or even ask. I mean, you, you, you didn't even consider what God had planned for you. It may not be packaged the way you want it may not be presented the way you like but it's still better than anything you could have even asked for because there's steps along the way now when you when you ask me what would i tell my my younger self back then i like to i like to have this mirror effect where i like to look at my older self and say hey here's what i'm doing now to help Ray, a year from now, a month from now, hey, an hour from now, to say you will rest so much easier if you did this now. Because I can't go back and fix anything, but I can only go forward and be proactive. Um, My younger self, I was very reactive to things that happen. And when you're reactive, you live in a state of you want to wait to see what comes at you and then plan on how you're going to deal with it. No, no, no. The the wiser me says, no, no, be proactive. See what's coming. The proverb says that, uh, you know, a wise man seeth a thing afar off and prepares. So whether that's preparing your heart for expectation, whether it's preparing finances where it was preparing a, um, a marriage or parenting. This is going to be one of those things where you have to look at yourself in the future and say, listen, do this now or you'll have to do it later anyway. 
So, um, you know, in, in terms of the, the younger self, understand that you're going to make mistakes and don't feel like and don't feel like you're on this scale of perfection that your Christianity is like, hey, you know what? I messed up. You know what? I'm not even going to set foot in the church. Listen, God is greater than your heart. You know, even when your heart condemns you, he is still he is still greater. So for for the young people out there that feel like Christianity and maybe some of the adults that think Christianity is a performance sport, you're going to fall short every time. You're going to miss the mark every time. This is a mindset of inclinations. So in terms of I don't know if you ever walked on a treadmill, you ever try to put put the incline on, you're still moving forward. But it's getting harder, but you're getting better. So don't avoid addressing the incline. We want to we want we want to go downhill. We want gravity. We want the wind to push us. But that's not how this works. Once you overcome your inclinations, not only are you getting better, you're also going higher. Amen. Amen. Ray, man. Again, man, we want to thank you again, man, for sharing your story, man. We Again, like we alluded to, everybody has a story of how God has called them. And just to hear the wisdom that came out of your mind, I could tell you came from somewhere because you was just dropping some gems, just just left and right, man. Right, right. No, I mean, and, and absolutely. I mean, because I, I, I was I was just I was just uh, picking up on, on something too. like like my story. I don't have like if it was a movie, you, you I mean, you would have changed the channel. Like, dude, this reality show is so boring. Um, I didn't have the background where I was, I had, you know, long club days and, you know, violence in, in, in my life. I mean, sheltered. Yeah, I guess maybe, but nonetheless, you still, I still have my struggles with, with, with identity, with, um, with, uh, with, with chronic depression, uh, with not feeling, uh, like, 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 like you're good enough. I don't have that exciting action story where I used to run in gangs and I used to have, have contraband like, like we were talking about the other day. I mean, I lived in the suburbs and we had an HOA, you know, and, 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 and our struggle was like, man, like it wasn't about, you know, getting killed over Jordans. It, 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 was, it was like, you know, I, don't, I didn't have enough money for for a CD. I mean, like that. I mean, wow. Like what type of. But do you have to wait for something traumatic to happen before you say, hmm. Maybe I should maybe I should uh, start listening to uh, to, to I mean, to the small, still voice that's calling me to better. Do you have to wait until you're on on the hospital bed in ICU after a trauma alert? Do you re- do you want to wait until you get shot to, to be like, OK, God, I'm listening. Do you want to wait until you're knocking on death's door? Do you want to wait until you lose everything? There are, there's a lot of people who go through traumatic events. Believe me, I see it on my job. Don't wait until until it has to get that bad to start doing something that good. So just because you feel like you're okay, I can wait, I can hold off, nothing's really happened. No, no, no. Listen, with every breath, you you have the opportunity. You're doing so much better. And then there's someone out there who wishes they were in your position to make the decision whether they don't even know what a better life looks like. They don't even know what it's like, what called by God. Like, what is that? Is that like, a, is it an audible thing? Is it a psychological thing? Family. Let, let, I mean, let, let, let me tell you, God calls you through events because we see on our level, we see the who, we see the what, we see the how. 
but we don't see the why. Whys are invisible. Whys have to be explained. So when you talk about a call from God, it is going to be usually in the form of why did this happen to me? I know what happened. I know how it happened, when it happened, and who was involved. But why? I don't know. Maybe I should be paying attention to something else instead of the things that I see. And that can be in the most conservative, polished places or in the most decrepit places. It's up to you to choose when you want to answer this call. Amen. Amen. That's a that's a mic drop. Amen. Man, Ray, man, look again, man, we were blessed. You know, for, for me, you know, I sat back and I listened to your story and then Adney did the same. And look, again, you didn't have this story, but still, it, I'm sure it's going to resonate with somebody out there. So we're just going to just leave it as that. Again, I was blessed and I hope you guys was blessed as well. You know, welcome. Ray Gosa was in the house again. We want to thank you again for dropping those heavy gems on us on today. So until then, well, remember that Jesus Christ is king and always remember to put him first. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.